We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Hello, friends. Welcome to, well, I was going to call it a Mavs party, but I don't know if we deserve a party. I don't know if the Mavs deserve a party. After last night's game, we're we're all still slightly sassy and hungover. However, the Mavericks did win tonight. They defeated the the Orlando Magic, and you know, eventually, kind of a shakeout game where they looked as rough as possible for the first half, despite Luca looking like a basketball uh, supernova. Uh, the third quarter, they slowly wore the Magic down, and then in the fourth quarter, the bench unit really took a commanding lead, and then. At the six-minute mark, they used a very similar lineup to what they did last night against the uh, Matt, or Thunder, and I felt closed the game pretty well. We had some sightings of players we've not seen very often this year. Uh, shout out to uh, Dorian Finney-Smith for making a statistical impact. He obviously makes a regular impact on the game, but I thought he, you know, he shot the ball. Uh, he shot the ball well from the corners, confidently. Just enjoyed it. Um, all right, so now that we're here. Uh, you guys uh, want to come up on stage and tell me what your thoughts are on the game. We'll hang out for a little bit tonight, maybe cut this one a little bit early because I was up until about three in the morning doing uh, Mavs Moneyball stuff, and it's too early in the season for this bullshit. Um, all right, uh, let's go first to Harris. I didn't plug in my mic. Ah. What are you thinking? Right, did you catch what are you thinking? Yeah. Oh, what's it called? I was just impressed by Tim this game and how he's, he closed the Nets game as well. They've been going to that lineup with him at the two uh, a lot, and it seems like what Kid likes. And I'm just wondering if he's playing well, and if we even if we still need that third ball handler. But I'm just wondering like what the minutes look like with him when he works, if we get that somehow, and how the, how would we keep him worked in? 
Hey, yeah, you guys give cut, cut Harris a break. He's uh, he he's he sounds like he might be on the uh, the metro. And Tim is giving me Tim is giving me uh, uh, to answer your question, Harris. I think that you know getting Tim involved over the long run is probably good for the Mavericks because one of two things is going to happen. One, we'll either find another home for him, which I think about half the chat would probably like, or he he finds himself a pretty good rhythm. I saw somebody note that Tim, uh, you know, they didn't really like how he played. Well, he shot 5 of 15. That's true. I like the kind of shots he was getting. I also like the fact that he got to the free throw line. Um, I like the the kind of decisiveness for which he's playing. He's taking shots that I, I think he can make. Um, not a ton of dribbling. I wish he would cut some of the long two stuff, but that um, that would be pretty brutal. Uh, if, if, you know, he, I, I felt he missed Christian Wood a number of times tonight, but so did half the team. So it's, it's, it felt like kind of a team-based problem. Um, but I was, uh, overall, I, I am encouraged by Tim's play the last several games, uh, relative to where he was for most of last season and to start the season this year. So yeah. Anyway, thanks for starting us off. I'm really sorry. I cannot believe I didn't have my mic plugged in. Uh, Spotify sent me this cool setup, and I did not have the the mic plugged all the way into the jack. That is so embarrassing and entirely my fault. Okay, coming up next, we got my East Coast man, Mr. Uh, Douglas. What's going on? Hey, man, what's up? Well, you know, I, I found some remedies to where uh, I don't sound – I sound like I smoked one pack of Marlboro <laughs> instead of four. So we'll it's, not a, it's, not a, it's not a Mavs party. It's a Mavs social right. hour. No, we're, we don't deserve a party. Not for not for what we did last night. It's all our fault at the match. Yeah, last night was brutal. Like we even show up for that one. That one that one was rough. But um I mean we yeah, we needed to win. I mean it was, you know, Luca doing his thing in the first half. Um I wasn't able to watch too much of the game. So I you know, I gotta listen into what you guys saw. But from the few stuff I was able to see, I did saw I saw a possession in the third quarter where uh, you know, it was a Offensive position by us. We missed a shot. Bobo got the rebound. He outran McGee because McGee's like the slowest guy on the court. And literally nobody was in front of him. And he, he just blew the layup. But he just took – he got the rebound into the ball coast to coast. And I'm just like, yo, what is going on with our defense? Like, no communication there. Like, Well, it got better I mean, I don't as know. the game went on, if you'll believe it. Because the first quarter okay. was atrocious where they were just giving right. up everything. And Bobo's the kind of player – where if you don't see a guy like that regularly, you don't entirely know what to do with him. He is every inch of seven foot two. And he's very, he's got really long fluid strides when he gets going. I know which player you're talking about because he should have just dunked it and he blew yeah. the up. Um, he's, he's kind of a goofy guy. Yeah. Uh, I surprised him for the finger roll. And yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. I was like, just, just dunk it. Yeah. But um, on a positive note, you know, in all the games that we did lose, um, Spencer said it in the last post game because I was able to watch that. He was like, you know, um, we lost a lot of double-digit fourth-quarter leads, but at the same time, we have a lot of double-digit fourth-quarter leads. So it's like, you know, we're we're putting the ball in the basket. We're, you know, we're we're. I could know, be wrong. I think they've led every fourth quarter of the season. Yeah, like so, so it's like we're there, but it's, we just gotta, you know, fix the kinks on defense so we, you know, turn those out into wins. So I mean. Like you said, the defensive thing, you know, it'll work itself out as the season get along. But um, I'm just happy that it seemed that even though we lost Brunson, we still kind of have a somewhat of a rhythm on offense where all these games pretty much we've pretty much had fourth quarter leads and significant fourth quarter leads at that. So Yeah. yeah. Nice. But, it's nice. And it's been for a variety of different reasons each game. Um, and that gives me some sort of hope for the future if they can – 
figure out elements of their rotation. I mean, I am firmly of the opinion that this JaVale McGee experiment, it just, the sooner it ends, the better everyone can get along. Like Josh talked about this in the podcast. He and I just recorded that the Mavericks see like Luca to a certain extent plays a little harder. There's when, when um, Dwight Powell's in, he's just not doing any, any of the things all of us imagine that he could do with a seven foot frame, seven, six wingspan and really solid athleticism, he's just not displaying any of it. He looks like I'm just going to keep keep repeating this because it's true. He looks like DeAndre Jordan. There's, you know, it's it's very much like this is the same picture meme from The Office. Like it's, it drives me nuts. Yeah, I look at the box score. It showed when I last checked it. It showed that Wood had like what four or five shots, but I mean he did have like ten rebounds. So that's, you know, you can't really let the offensive, you know, not getting shots affect. They got to get him the impact. Ball. That was something yeah. that was very evident at times where Tim Hardaway in particular looked him off a lot, but he made up for it in other ways. I thought his defense was mostly pretty good, not ideal, but again, the whole team sort of struggled with with that. But you know, the, the rebounding is dirty work type stuff where if you, you go get the ball, you, you go rebound when your team needs it. Like that that says something to me. And you know, Jason Kidd had a had a you know, he singled him out post game for 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 doing some nice things, which is good. Yeah. And um Luca, he seemed like he probably listened to you when it comes to attacking more because it seemed like that's if he continues that mindset for the whole season, he's gonna average at least like thirty five points a game because his free throws up, and I mean you know take the take the three once in, once in a while to keep the defense honest, but no one can check him inside the arc, and if he continues with that mindset, you know with the you know the post up, the fadeaway, the mid range, he's man, he's gonna. Man, I don't know who's going to really be able to stop him. Nobody. Well, so before this game, he was averaging 35.2, and he scored 44. Is that right? Yeah, um, 44. So he'll, that'll that'll trickle up a little bit. Um, he's He had some moves in the second quarter that were disgusting. And I got a, a text from one of my friends that essentially said, like, they're, the Mavericks are using Luka how I use Luka in 2K, which <laughs> – it's like we're just gonna we're just gonna make him bowl to the basket. Yeah, I, you know he would have had fifty points if he hit his free throws tonight. He was that good. All right, all right, man. Good social hour. Hopefully Wednesday we have a party on Wednesday. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We get a couple of days rest. Thanks for hanging out, buddy. Talk soon. All right. Coming up next then is my man Chris. Chris, sorry to make you wait. Oh, you're good. You're good. Last night I kind of gave up a little early. Uh, around twelve fifteen. I that whole last night experience was just depressing as a Mavs fan since 2000, I honestly can't say that I can remember us being up, let's say, around 16 points with four minutes to go and then losing it. Well, I mean, Tim McMahon had a tweet uh, this morning to to the effect where it is – let me just go find it because it's that good of a tweet. Um, it was – where did this go here? This was real bad. It was a, <laughs> a crazy statistic. NBA teams – were 9,975 and one when leading by 16 plus points in the final four minutes of the fourth quarter over the last quarter century. Oh. Make, the Mavericks were simply the second team to do that in the last 25 years. So congratulations us. So I feel like our, our sort of bitching and moaning and even bitching and moaning into this game was justified because it was a horrifying loss. And I was sticking with, I just, I knew we were going to win. I, I just knew because I just have confidence. I knew Luke was going to close it out. And I know we're talking about, I'm talking about last night's game, but Every time I see – I never heard of Isaiah Joe. Every time I see this guy now, I'm just going to have that Jimi Hendrix song in my head. That, he was hey, – so he was – Hey, Joe. 
he was my guy going back to so I, I you know I, I my 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 internet shtick for all of 2017 and 18 was like basically willing the universe to to send Luka Doncic to the Mavericks for 2018 2019 I had settled in on Isaiah Joe because this guy in college heaved like 10 or 11 three-point shots a game and shot like 44 percent from three he was like that's all he did though was all he did was shoot threes and I'm like when this was back before Dorian had really kind of turned into the Dorian we know and I'm like we just need guys like this that are going to shoot now what makes that funny is like now that's kind of all the Mavericks have is like guys that really want to shoot the three-pointer and so it's like it's just a terrible call by me and of course he kills us last night yeah, man, you know, tonight with Josh Green, I think he made one or maybe two three-pointers. I don't know. He, but la- last night, he was just taking the dr- driving the ball and just messing up. But just stay where you're at. Just get ready. Like You're going to get the ball. Just don't have to move. Just shoot the ball. Like, I think he's a pretty decent three-point shooter. I mean, I mean, he hasn't shot – I think he's like six for nine this year. We need, so we need to see volume. But so far this year, all his – Offensive moves, let's just kind of categorize all his shots together. Shots, drives, whatever. I like them. Uh, he had a finish around the rim tonight that was fantastic. And, he, you know, if he's going to play 20 minutes, I'd like him to take four shots. tonight. He and if he's playing seven. decent on defense, I'm not really paying attention to how, how effective he is on defense. I think he's doing okay. Wait, uh, but see, see, you sort of said it. Okay, not all. None of us are, are real defensive experts. Let's just be honest with ourselves here. Right. But if he's not pissing you off, that's a step in the right direction. And right. I agree with you. I think he's playing nice defense. I think his footwork and angles are good. Um, he's he's made it. You know, there's a little bit of like Mavs fan insanity over him right now. But I do think that he's made a case for continued minutes. And I really like that lineup that started the fourth quarter tonight and last night, where it's it's these guys that all. You know, he, he makes things better by playing hard. And it, you know, all, it's like the right blend of guys. Yeah. And I think after last night's game and, you know, in the first quarter of this game, I just had to turn my knob a couple da- uh, notches down on expectations of this team. I was like, now it's like, now you're hoping they're even get out of the first round. Like you get the whole play-in thing. I'm confident Luca. that's the worst case scenario we get. In a play-in tournament, you know, I think Luke is going to take over. It's a long, long season, man. Yeah, it's a long season. It's just this team. Guys get in funks. Guys get out of funks. Um, you know, Dorian played a good game tonight. Dorian played, you know, statistically. You never know. It's it's like Maxi has is O of his last eight from threes. He hits one of those last night. I'm convinced they win. Right. You know, it's little stuff like that over the course of the year. We it, The Mavs will connect at the right time. You know, we talked about this last year kind of extensively. It's much better to be playing good at the end of the season than at the beginning. You want them to work out some of their kinks. I do think it's kind of reasonable to sort of put a ceiling on your limitate on your expectations for this team. But, you know, one of the things that just is standing out to me is I don't really see like the teams at the top right now. Everybody's sort of so-called contenders coming into the year are sloppy. Like the Warriors got their butts kicked tonight. By the, think, by the uh, Pistons, I think. And, and I know Kawhi Leonard's out, but just thank God. I mean, we're as a Mavs fan, we've won at least one championship. Clippers, they're they're cursed. They've never even won a title. And then this is the year that they come into. Like, it seems like, oh, they're fit title favorites. And they're – I mean, I know Kawhi Leonard's not playing, but yeah, they're losing against some bad teams right now. So, it, it, things can be much worse. And it is a long season. But the whole JaVale McGee thing is just so – 
scary stupid right now what's going on with this whole thing and oh did you see uh, jason kidd's post conference he's like yeah all the bigs played great tonight uh christian wood uh, maxi kleber and then he kind of paused for a second he didn't want to say Jamel McKee. <laughs> he's like yeah yeah play, our bigs played great tonight so it's just like oh my god we're this is kind of a mess right now but it is uh it is. last question real quick i was wondering about next summer when we're done with the whole porzingis giving away the pick to the knicks uh how many picks do we have? Like, so you can deal trade, with? like, you can get really funky. Uh, where, so they're the Knicks pick here for 2023. So they could, once they're free of that obligation, they could then trade 2024, 2026, 2028, 2030, and then do pick swaps for the other years if they really. Well, Laura, we can get a big fish right just from, yeah, from a trade. That's crazy. Right. You know, I'm hopeful that the market sort of resets on pick-related stuff just because I don't like doing this sort of thing. The best teams in the league yeah. year in and year out have built elements through the draft. The Warriors. Well, yeah, yeah, the Warriors. I mean, Cavaliers have done this. Uh, the the Celtics are really good. Like, you know, the, the damn New Orleans Pelicans are a great example of this. Like, you just – picks are important. And I understand why Cuban went away from them in the later Dirk years. This is not that. The Mavericks need cheaper assets, and unless like the the market changes totally, they got to be sure because the next move we've said this is is the last move because they're you know there's only so many years in the contract, and you yeah. want to give so, away the farm for somebody you're not sure of. Right. Just hope these guys can click. Yeah. Lastly, just hopefully, yeah, Finney Smith, Bullock. You know, hopefully when Bertans comes back, if they just hit two or three th- threes a game themselves, because they're going to get their open shots with everybody, you know, doubling Luca constantly. I, you know, I, we just got to rack up some wins. We just got to get on a winning streak sure. and we'll feel better about the team. So That's uh, true. Just just get a couple games over 500. We'll feel better. Yeah, let's go Mavs. All right, thanks, bud. Talk soon. Yeah. All right. Let's go to my guy, Christian. Hey, Kirk. How are you? Uh, a little better. A little better. Working uh, working out the kinks and the old uh, allergy. I'm apparently just allergic to the <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good thing uh, if you live here. But, um, gosh, last night's loss was so infuriating. Literally halfway through OT, I just stopped watching because it just – there was no energy at all. And already I think you're seeing small changes. Like, McKee only played nine minutes, and those nine minutes were infuriating. But you're seeing it. Like, McGee is just not going to be in this rotation at all pretty soon, I think. And I, I know – a lot of people just don't like Dwight Powell, but I think I said it a few, I think I said it in the Brooklyn game. Uh, Dwight Powell, he just gives you energy and effort and you're not seeing those from McGee. And when you get energy and effort from Dwight, I feel like every, everyone else is also trying, Um, which is good. Like I, I think you need that no matter what the situation is. And, that's the one positive. And of course, Josh Green is playing a lot better, which I thought was really key. And you're seeing him take a few more shots. Yes, he can take more, but you're also seeing him put energy and effort in. And I think that that's helping the whole team a lot. Of course, the defense is still a problem. Like it doesn't really look great, but um, I don't know. What did you, what did you feel like? It's hard to completely pinpoint what the Mavericks need to do because it, it feels so much like a few people will be having a good game and then no one else will. Ooh, I was muted there. Well, 
I mean, that's going to be the nature of any team sport where you want to have enough guys to where if somebody has an off night, you can survive it. And right now we're waiting to see someone take kind of a firm second place with the Mavericks. Um, I don't know when that will happen. I assume it will be at some point. You know, Spencer Dinwiddie was going to have good games. He's going to have bad games. Christian Wood, I just need to see more involved in the offense. But I don't know. I mean, I, I... I feel much better than I did last night for obvious reasons, but a lot of the same concerns still exist. For sure. And I I think probably one of the things I'm seeing is that McGee is out of the rotation and Powell is your backup big and Christian Wood is probably starting. And I think the one positive is when, even when Christian Wood is not getting the shots on the offensive end, even though like he was like three of five, I feel like on, on offense, but he was still contributing on the defensive end. And I think that was always, I feel like that was a concern going into the season that, oh, if Wood doesn't get his shots, what is he going to do defensively? And I don't think he's been a liability, which I think is a positive overall. Well, and that's, that's you know, kind of all we can hope for at a certain point. For sure. I, it, it's it's so early in the season. I The way I put it is every game is like the temperature and, the thing that's so frustrating is the te- frustrating is the temperature just keeps going from like 100 to negative like to to zero or to negative 10, or but the climate I feel like is kind of at the same place. Like I'm not completely convinced about this team. I think they can definitely make the playoffs and and you know I think my goal is still you know I don't have the expectations of Western Conference Finals. Like I think that's that is, I don't want to say it's a fluke, but it's a very difficult thing to do for any team. And I think my goal is still a first round win, but you know, it's so early in the season, it's hard to sure. say what you want to do. And the team composition will probably change. And I think the one thing I trust a little bit is what we've seen from this front office is they've kind of just bar the signings. When they make trades, they make trades for, low value assets in the sense that you think about what Spencer Dinwiddie was when he got traded to the Mavericks was kind of a low value asset in the sense that I don't know how many teams would have really cared to have had him at all. And he was a huge negative asset. Exactly. And I I don't think he's necessarily a massive positive right now, but he's definitely better. Like I think more teams would be willing to take him. And I think it's the same with Christian Wood. Like, you think about what went for the trade in Christian Wood, and I think he's showing that he can obviously be a positive player. So I, I'm not necessarily expecting a blockbuster trade, even even next year, but I think that's kind of an important thing, and it's something we haven't seen from the Mavericks in so long, is taking advantage of really of negative situations on other teams and for your own benefit. And it's so soon. It's so soon, and it's so hard. I think it's just... It's good that the team finally got a win where it didn't feel like they had to crawl all the way out. They just had to sustain their same levels. For sure. Thanks for hanging out, man. Thank you. No, I mean, when is our next game? Because I I, I I literally cannot remember. That's that's kind of worrying because I feel like the two-day rest thing is Yeah, but they just played three games in four nights. There were times tonight where everybody looked gassed because they hadn't played last night too much. That's true. I, I, it's weird, like like you said. Really, the only teams I look I've looked at this early season that I feel like oh they're just they're do, they're dominating teams are Milwaukee and Cleveland. Like those have really been the most consistent teams who have not 
lost, I felt like, bad games. But, you know, uh, Chris just mentioned, like, the Clippers, the, the Warriors, the Heat just lost to the Kings. And, like, it's so early in the season, it's really hard to tell who is, you know, who is what right now. So, yeah, I think it is important the team wins, but I also understand the ideas of, like, experimenting a little. It's definitely frustrating, but we're seeing a lot of a lot of positive that I think we just didn't see at all at the beginning of last season. That makes me a little more overall positive, if that makes sense. It does, though I wish we had more wins. For, right, for sure. Thanks for so sure. Much. Thank you. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. Right, coming up next, we have Harold. What's up, Harold? Hey, Kirk. Well, good to have a win. Um, it's kind of a relief more than anything. Sure. <laughs> um, I, I did want to just kind of add to the conversation about, um, you know, I've always, at least this season, I've been pretty um, bullish on the Mavs. Um, I really thought that they are, well, they were a better team than they were last year. And the way I saw it is that, you know, their potential is definitely higher for where it was last year because I do think that the addition of, of Wood gives Luca another toy on the inside that he didn't have before. I mean, I didn't think that losing Brunson was going to hurt, but I actually do think that losing Brunson has hurt a lot more than, um, than I realized. And the reason for that is, you know, Brunson, he's the kind of player, he's a real steadying presence. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot, and he's pretty pretty clutch and pretty automatic from the mid-range. Real difficult shot uh, type stuff. Yeah, and, you know, you can imagine over these, you know, people have been saying we should be 5-0, and or now we should be 6-0 and um, against Phoenix – you know, we went scoreless for like a few minutes there in the fourth quarter in that game. We went scoreless for a few minutes um, in the other game that we lost in the fourth quarter recently. And you could totally see how Brunson would have hit a couple of shots just because he just always does hit a couple of those mid-range. And those runs against Phoenix that we were losing and then against um, the other team that I can't remember right now, those runs – were created by turnovers. Turnovers often will turn the tide of a game. Turnovers just, you know, runs because of turnovers. And Jalen, he doesn't turn the ball over. He never really turns the ball over. He's, he's very, very good at holding on to the ball. Unlike Dinwiddie, he's a little bit more volatile. Luca can sometimes be volatile, but... Um, you see how many turnovers the boys had tonight? I don't know how many. Yes, this is a riot. <laughs> I have no clue. Twenty. Four. <laughs> Four. Wow, that's great. Luca yeah, had good. none. That's fantastic. Luka never has no turnovers. <laughs> yeah. I know what you mean. From a game to game basis, where they've really gotten kicked in the pants with these turnovers is not like twenty throughout the game. They have like four mm-hmm. in a row. And it's yeah. just murdering all form of momentum. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I and I think that our our highs are very high right now, and as you can see from the games, and our lows are very low. And I just think with Brunson, our highs, if we had him now with Wood and everything, our highs would still be the same, but our floor would be more managed um, in these games. I don't think we'd hit these rock bottom where, you know, we have to rely on Luka to do everything. We would have Brunson there to help him out. And I just, and I don't really, I'm not really sure about Dinwiddie. He, he's not very steady. He's very good. And he's, I mean, I value what he does, but he's just not steady like Brunson. So we'll see where it goes. No, no, yeah. We're we're a dangerous team. That that's for sure. I mean, you saw that against Memphis. You saw that against Phoenix. Yeah. Um, but we're also just really volatile right now. And I do hope that that term. Jason Kidd, the genius that he is as a coach, as you know, <laughs> that <laughs> he's able to figure out some good lineups that are are a lot more steady than they are right now. So we'll we'll see. We got a long season, like you said. That's right. All right. Well, thanks for joining us, Harold. All right, my pleasure. Take care. Let's go to Logan. What are you thinking, Logan? How's it going, Kirk? It's going. What are you? What, what's going on tonight? What's on your mind? Um. So I was thinking about like r- angles to reaching a kind of ceiling, or like the defense and Christian Wood seem so obvious, but it's like we just talked about it a million times about Christian Wood. Like they have to get him integrated. Like, I mean, I just got to get him touches. I don't really. Like, I want them to do more Luke and him pick and roll, but I feel like it's just a matter of, like, empowering him. So that one's kind of like, how many times can you talk about it? The defense, I wanted to say, like, for stretches, I thought the defense played better, and that's when we came back. Like, you basically could just tell, like, the game flipped when they were being more aggressive. And um, they just looked more like last year, like, really dialed in, really aggressive. And I'm wondering if, like, the McGee minutes are just really – killing us that much because even though it's only like a 10 to 4 run in these close games because we're like playing the drop and it just gets killed and I don't know if maybe y'all have noticed enough to be like okay the way that they're playing defense is actually different to where stop anything at the rim but I do feel like it, it just looks better when he's in there I mean he knows it better he can actually move so I'm just trying to think of like how the defense can get better I that's where the McGee signing doesn't make any sense because your defense last year, the defense for the Mavericks last year was based on controlled aggression and commitment. Controlled to ro- good way to put it. And, and commitment to rotations. Where Kidd got killed in his second Milwaukee Bucks year was they had ran this incredibly aggressive uh, defensive scheme. And by the year two, it just got picked apart. I felt that the Mavericks had a very well-oiled defensive philosophy where you were getting the best out of all the guys that you had. Uh, It worked against them against the Warriors because the Warriors basically are designed to grind your defense into dust. But for the rest of the season, I thought it was really effective. So to go get a drop base center. So weird. Is Well, I mean, it's stupid. Yeah. And it's like, like, I'm not going to mince words. Like to me, a lot of what they decided to do this off season was attempt to build something that addressed problems that weren't as big as they actually made them out to be. Right. And a lot of Mavs fans wanted the Mavericks to go get help on the boards. Okay. But you made it to the Western Conference Finals by not giving a shit about the board. Yeah. Well, we were like mobile, and that was part of why our defense was so good and part of how we were winning playoff games. And then so good that they made our very mobile team look slow. 
And then that's why Kevon Looney was always open and just yes. had to just had to dunk it in. So people kept being like, "Well, we got a center in there, in there killing us." So obviously, we just need some other dude who's big. And it's like that's not actually the case. The Warriors are just so good; they stretch you so far that you end up even like a good mobile team where we're not playing a center. We yes. were still just like rotated to death. Yes. Well, I mean, Brett in the chat says playing drop is mostly bad. Like that is a a kind of defensive phraseology at this point. No good team plays drop. Except um, Milwaukee. It, it's like a weird Coach Bud thing. Coach Bud has all the weird shit like that that doesn't make sense. Like, right. But I know they play it a lot. Did we lose you? Hello? Hey, your, uh, my signal got weak for a second. Don't know what happened there. Sorry about that. Um. So, yeah, I just don't really know... Like, last year it took a while to gel, but this is the same system. So I'm just trying to figure out, like, are we going to be, like, the 18th defensive team and we need to just kind of lean into offense for the sake of winning regular season games? I mean, that's kind of too macro to know. But I'm just, like, trying to figure out how we – I mean, I think Josh Green helps. Yeah. <laughs> I really do. Like, he's been really good on defense. Yeah. I, and I'm then, not sure what they do because I just from, – from what we've seen this year – the kind of not really been impressed by a lot of the rotations from game to game, but that's something where if we're really being honest, the Mavericks were good at defense from like January 1st until right after trade deadline. And then things went kind of sideways and then they rode a reputation and then they cut down their, um, they cut down their, their um, rotation and then they made it work again. And, you know, you're not going to be like a top five team all year long. You need to be like good in chunks and figure out ways to make things work and then adapt as offenses, figure out your defense. And right now they've just had these games where they start off so poorly or they go through stretches where they play so poorly that it's hard to say, like, what exactly is going wrong? Where, you know, honestly, the, the Josh Green minutes have been good. I mean, there just haven't been enough of them for me to make any huge determination about whether that's something that's sustainable for like 25 minutes or right. 15 minutes. That's so it can't just be like, this is what Josh Green does. And then mm-hmm. so if you plug that in, because you just don't even know if that's going to be replicable. Because yeah, right. to me, I mean, I'm not going to go on a whole like start Josh Green like crazy thing, but I'm just kind of saying stuff that he noticeably helps. I like the way, you know, Luca grinds the clock down and we all know what Luca is. Josh Green is kind of the only guy that just from his natural zip and, and, and like, inclination to be a Tasmanian devil, I like when him and Luca are, like, paired on the perimeter because he starts doing crazy shit, and it starts to – the ball just moves. And I think Brunson helped with the ball move, and I didn't want to go in. I have all so much stuff to say about just how Brunson would help us, but he kept the ball moving, and he was purposeful on offense. Like, he knew what he wanted to do. And besides Luca, I don't feel like we have a lot of, like, purpose-driven decisions on offense like beside whatever Luca's doing Luca but besides that and I think that's a big place where we miss Brunson because I mean he's Villanova point guard like it's just what he's born to you know born doing it but I think even though Green can't do that I'm just watching that bench lineup that goes on those runs and the ball is zipping and I know like you can't say Luca's overrated because he holds on the ball a long time like he's incredible but I do want there to be that balance where it's like every once in a while because last year, I think we were at our best when the ball zipped around. Like, it still was like Luca running it all and he was going to go slow. But every once in a while, you get those 
five, six pass possessions, yeah. and those aren't happening. They're just bouncing around the perimeter, going nowhere. Well, still plenty of time to figure things out. And, uh, you know, with the homestand, three more games, including one weird Nets game. Uh, hopefully they will notch up some more wins and we'll actually get some some pretty good, you know, lineup data to talk about. Yeah, for sure. All right. Thanks, man. Talk soon. You, Chris. Sorry, I'm having weird uh, technology issues tonight. That's my fault. Um, let's go to Grayson. Hey, Kurt. Uh Y'all already hit a lot of the points that I was going to cover. I just wanted to point out, like, that what Luke is doing is really remarkable, especially – I mean, he's, his 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 average has probably got to be over 37 or 38 now after tonight. And he's doing it without his three ball, which is what's really exciting to me, is he has not shot the three very well this season so far. Uh, yeah, Ronald just said the same thing in the chat. Like, that's exactly what I'm saying. It, if Luca starts hitting that three ball – this is it's gonna get out of control. Yeah, but I, I love seeing him drive I, because it oh, he, he gets 100%. away from the drive when his three ball goes like two or three times. He wants to shoot like he still shot nine threes tonight. Did you realize that? Yeah, he was two for nine tonight. It's uh, <laughs> it's crazy. It's like I, but I agree their offense works better when he drives because it gives it gives them a chance. He's more efficient at the rim. Well, so like period of too. He just like gets in there and does right. mean things to a variety of players in a variety of different ways. Like he bodied Bull Bull at one point so bad that felt like. Bull. Well, also one of my like speaking on the demoralizing aspect of it, one of my favorite things about Luca, and it's like one of the best and worst things about Luca is that he likes to go at the other team's best defender. And the disadvantage of that is obviously you're going at their best defender. But the advantage is, like the Nets game the other night, if he's just scoring over and over again on Ben Simmons, who at one point was one of the best perimeter defenders, if not the best perimeter defender in the NBA, like that's that's tough to see. Uh, that's tough to see, you know, as an opponent. But anyway, I'm excited to see if Lucas three ball starts going. I think it will eventually. I mean, we have to regress back to the mean at some point. Um, and I mean, I'm interested to see where the the free throw shooting goes to because uh, so far it's been all right. And he didn't shoot it super well tonight, but um, he's opened the season a lot better than I can remember him opening it from the free throw line. Well, thanks for yeah for coming up and talking tonight. We'll talk soon. Yes, sir. All right. Last but not least, my man Ruben. Ruben, how you doing? Hey, Kirk, can you hear me? Okay. I can. Welcome. Welcome. Oh man, um, just glad tonight went different than last night. I had to go to a Halloween party just to get that off my mind, just get shit faced pretty much. Um, but no, um, tonight a couple things I did notice tonight. Um, is it wasn't during the whole game. Um, first off, all the McGee talk. It kind of reminds me. Well, in my mind, I feel like we're at square one again after we lost the Western Conference Finals. Uh, we were trying to find solutions to get Powell out of the rotation. And now that we're back, oh, Powell, hat, we're all in the mind of Powell has to start. It kind of puts me like in mind state of square one um, until something changes in the um, uh, the starting lineup. Um, another thing was I'm starting like towards the end of this game is – I started giving a little bit of credit how Luca looks this year, you know, averaging 35 points a game is kind of contributed to 
um, Christian Wood, in my in my opinion, because I noticed towards the end of the game, um, I feel I don't know how many uh, minutes he played tonight, but I started to notice that he he has a lot of gravity. Um, he was averaging what twenty five a game starting out, um, and I feel like teams are starting to hey let's stick to this guy like they're doing Dorian. Um, but I did notice Luca kind of like kind of clears everybody out, but he tells Wood to kind of stay close or like stay, give me a little bit of space. And in this game, um, Luca got his thirty in the halftime by halftime because his guy was so far f- with Christian Wood that literally like um, you know the weak side is literally open and he can get to the goal anytime he wants, but. You know, if it's Reggie or Dorian or Spence next to him, they're kind of like sagging off. You know, he, he the the guy that's guarding Luca can still um, get help. Um, but towards the end of this game, I noticed, you know, with C. Wood in there, um, he has gravity that Luca does when Luca doesn't have the ball in his hand. And hopefully, I'm hoping that you know, after you know, Jason Kidd. Um, does all his tinkering that, you know, he allows, you know, I'm still on team Seawood start. I, I, he gives, he gives you more than Dwight. He gives you more than McGee. Just his gravity alone can, you know, help us start games quicker. Um, you know, with McGee out there, he has to, you know, do the pick and roll, but everybody on the other team knows he's rolling. Um, but would, he has the gravity and you have to stay with him. Um, I, I feel like once that happens, if it happens, I hope it happens, we start having quicker starts and we're not relying on our second unit so much um, like we like we have in the past couple games. Um, and I just don't want to be at square one because that's not a, a winning uh, recipe in the playoffs with Dwight Powell out there. With Christian Wood, um, you know, he's coming along. Um, and I, I just hope Jason Kidd sees that and doesn't get caught in his feelings. And I, I don't know what it is, what's going on with him against Christian Wood at this point after his comments last night. That kind of that kind of irked me a lot last night because um, I feel like no coach should ever just like call out a player, a new player that's trying to learn the team in what your fifth or fourth game. That that was real shitty to me. But but just my two outlooks for the rest of the season after he's done tinkering. I hope Christian Wood starts and call me crazy, but I hope, uh, you know, if I, if you look at the stats, Josh Green pretty much gave you what Reggie is giving you, but plus the energy. Um, and I heard people, you know, in the last couple guys say when he's out there, he may do, uh, he's, He's learning. He's super young. He may do a stupid play, but I guarantee you, if you look at the film, the next play he causes a turnover or he does something super spectacular. Um, But you have to, you know, he has to learn how to play, you know, those those amount of minutes. Um, And I would love to see him in the starting lineup with Seawood, Dorian, uh, Luca and Spence. I like what I see from Spence. He just needs to work on his lob. He can't throw a lob for for anything. But that's Spencer's what I saw tonight. Um, Spencer's stinky I, at the passing. It's really funny. 
Yeah. And and just just and just to give, you know, Josh Green his flowers, I we can all see the progress he has made. Um and I feel like for the Mavs to be a good team, you brought up a good point. I don't want to see us trade all our picks. And, you know, and I hope that does go down next year or whenever our picks are available, um, because young players like that, they may, um, you know, go through their bumps and bruises. But I feel like every team we've lost to this year, it's a guy that, oh, he hasn't played it ever or he just got on the team or he just got back from the G League. I'm like, these other teams are giving these guys a try and some of them show up, some of them don't. But if you like empower your young players to just go out there and do what they can do best, you're going to get the fruits of their labor. And we are definitely getting the fruits of our, um, of Josh Green's labor. And right now he is playing just as good as Seawood, Luca. Um, and I would, you know, like to see him kind of transplant Reggie because looking at these games, Reggie and Dorian are gassed. Come on. I'm, I'm saying you, you, you gotta, I no, see your tweets is, and no, you're giving Josh kind of, Green a lot of props. Standard setting I'm talking about where there's a difference between saying Wood needs to play more than 10 minutes a game being like, Oh, he needs to supplant proven playoff rotation guy, Reggie Bullock. No. What? <laughs> so, so basically what's going to happen is they're going to be gassed. They are gassed. You know, and just, I mean, if they want to play him a few more minutes, I think that's how you find a few more minutes. Like tonight, tonight, you know, would uh, um, Reggie play like twenty nine minutes? Like, so you know, playing under thirty five minutes a game for a lot of these guys, I think it's productive over the course of the year. But when they play like thirty eight, forty two minutes a game, things like that, that's not great. Um, but and, team building wise, how long is uh, Reggie under contract for? Does he have a year, year left? Year. Two years? This huh? year, next year. This year, next year. Yeah. If you can grow Josh Green to surplant Reggie and put him on the bench, that makes come on. That you can't tell me that doesn't make it's your also second never unit happen because Josh Green has taken fourteen shots this year. This year, fourteen this, shots this year. This is a volume based problem. Everybody gets all like this, where it's like you have to have guys that are willing to take eight to ten shots a game. And, and you and. And you got to have guys that know how to cut to the best. He sure. does so much. In my book, he does so much more than if Reggie. he was good, he'd be good. This is the stuff that drives me crazy about the Josh Green discussion. We can tell him that he did a good job without being like, you know, I really think this guy should be a starter. No, he should be a rotation guy, and they should find more minutes for him. If we could play him 20 minutes a game every night, I would be pleased as punch because he does do some the- fun stuff. Really, that's really that's fine. And I, I, my last point, and I'll get off. He, what they had the same amount of points, Reggie and uh, Josh Green, uh, tonight. Pretty much, yes. I think. Yeah. If 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 more games go down the line, and Josh Green is outscoring, and he's giving you more, hitting I his have, threes. I have ten years of Reggie Bullock data that shows month by month he shoots the ball better every single month. He, the fact I that hope he's that's... actually not shooting like ten percent from three is kind of shocking to me because last year he was <laughs> so bad. You're like, do you remember? We were like, let's trade this guy. Like, let's trade him immediately. I, I wouldn't. I, I'm never like trade people. No, I don't want to go down that. But if ja- if Jason Kidd keeps shitting on Christian Wood, it's not going to end good for this team. Well, like, you, I, you. I'm going to end on a Christian Wood point because you brought something up that I think is worth talking about. Thank you for hanging out, Ruben. Okay. All right. So the one thing that kind of drives me nuts about Luka Doncic pick and rolls is that they're often mismatch hunts. They're not actual pick and rolls or pick and pops. 
Luca looks for a player that he wants. It's bomb hunting, and then he isolates. And I think with Wood, we're seeing very few pick and rolls with Luca at this point relative to what I would consider to be an actual pick and roll, where he gets the guy that he wants off of like a soft rub screen that's not even a real screen. Like Luca does not use screens outside of Dwight Powell for any effective purpose other than getting a switch. Um, and I think if we're to get see, see more wood involved in the offense, we need some actual pick and rolls, pick and pops, pick and flare screen. There's all sorts of stuff you can do off pick and rolls. And Luca, quite reasonably, and this is the thing that drives people nuts, is he's playing the math that him getting the isolation that he wants is the best play. And he's right because he's scoring 35 plus points a game. But I think that, like, so some people in chat are like, oh, what's going on with Wood? What's going on with Wood? I think this works itself out in the wash over time. I really do. Wood is too good. When they get him the ball in isolation positions, particularly on mismatches in the post, he scores. He draws fouls. The foul drawing is something that they've gotten away from from Wood the past couple of games, and I think that hurts them. I'm sure you guys saw that the Mavericks are leading the league in free throw attempts. Wood is a big part of that because he draws the fouls. Luka doesn't get any foul calls relative to how much he drives and gets bumped. So I, I wouldn't worry about Wood in the long term right now. Um, I want to see him more involved, and I feel pretty good about that. All right, guys, we had a great time, uh, a nice little Mavs social. Maybe we'll have a party on Wednesday. Thanks so much for hanging out. I appreciate every single one of you who take the time to come up here and talk with me. Um, we need to find you know, some of, our, some of our old favorites from last season that have yet to pop back in here because uh, we, we need some of the, the angry energy that we get uh, from, from people that aren't me. Everybody be good. Come by MavsMoneyBall.com. On Tuesday, we have a piece that I'm really looking forward to on why our guy Clint hates Mavs, man. Um, he's really funny. Everybody be good, and we will talk soon. Have a great start to your week.